What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Small World Business Podcast. My name is Justin Colzo. I'm here with my co-host. Dan Poku. It's a small world and business connects us all. So buckle up and let's grow together. Yeah, sound better today than you normally do. Well, yeah, it is nine thirty on a Thursday night, so yeah, it's been a weird week. I mean, we were supposed to have a guest this week that got pushed back because of some scheduling conflicts. So you know, we were supposed to be in person doing this with a guest. Then we went on going to do it in person, just us, and then I had stuff pop up, so now we're doing it in just us online. It's yeah, it's been a weird week. Yeah, but we're making it work. So that's the thing I like about about us. Make it work somehow, some way. <laughs> somehow, some way. It always happens, doesn't it? All right. All right. Control what you can control, and we can't always control, well, anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But we're, we're back. Episode 10. Holy crap. It's been two and a half months of doing this. Has it really? Yeah, because we started in, what, June? May? No, May. is before you uh was... I forget actually. Before I graduated. Right. Okay. Yep. Man. That's wild. That is. Time flies when you're having fun, they say. <laughs> We're having fun? Do you have any idea how stressful it is to figure out your audio? Huh? Do you have any idea how stressful it is to figure out your audio? I know. You, you I feel like I'm like <laughs> the one bringing us down here, but I'm trying, I'm trying to project my voice. I have like that late night, you know. 1 a.m. radio voice where he's like you playing R&B music type of DJ voice. Yeah, you, my mom always said that you got a face for radio, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. Uh, I have a face for TV too. <laughs> my dog is like scratching at the floor by my door. Um, how'd you feel about last week's episode? I liked it. I liked it. It's funny how you kind of pointed out that. The last, what, three or four episodes were about change. But I feel like we discussed, like, different types of change. Like, with Jalen, I think it was more of, like, making a, making a change as far as, like, his impact on his community. Um, last week, we touched more about, I guess, like, going, going away from, like, our plan, which is, like, a change in plan. And then I think the week before Jalen, it was just, like... Life change. Life changes, yeah. So it was, like, different forms of change in a sense, so... It's funny how that kind of came together, but I enjoyed it last week. It was definitely a good combo. Um, definitely like talking about, you know, plans and kind of going off script at times definitely helps things. And sometimes you have to. So that's like my big takeaway from, from that. How about that's yourself? That's an interesting take. I mean, I hadn't, you know, I pointed out when I was looking at Spotify, I was listening to last week's episode when it was all said and done. And I was listening to it, and I'm looking through the the titles. Right. And I was like, dude, I literally <laughs> the last three episodes have have been on change, and you know, titled around centered around change. Mm. And I hadn't, I guess, pieced that together that they are different types of change, and you know, the things. I, I so I was sitting there thinking, like, wow, like is a, is the podcast getting repetitive? Because uh, I I hadn't felt like it was right. And then I'm looking at this, reading like, you know, I think it was like life change and then creating change. And then it was change of plans. And I was like, wow, this is kind of circular here. And, you know, you right. make a point that, well, yes and no. Like they're very drastically different topics when they're broken down to the roots. Right. Just centered around the same idea. But they're all tackled in different ways. Yeah. And I you think a, lo a lot of people can relate to you know change in a sense is look at the world right now and there's a lot of change going on so i think kind of us breaking it down like different forms of change kind of helps and you know us being able to like just talk through each you know type of change definitely like hopefully provides the listener with like some kind of introspective you know ideas when it comes to that but that's just what i think kind of for the listeners hopefully well, and I think that change plays a part in what we're going to talk about today. Mm. Like I mentioned earlier, we obviously we were supposed to have a guest this week. 
Uh, and and tentatively, I mean, that's re-penciled in for next week. Uh, change of plans. Schedules and everything. And, and I mean, frankly, a, a piece of it's my fault. I'm going up to Atlanta this weekend. I got miscellaneous crap going on all weekend. So, you know, oh, I mentioned the plans, but, you know, fingers crossed we can get him in here next week for, a, for that conversation finally. Mm. But, you know, so our plans changed, oddly enough. <laughs> but I, I think change plays a big part in what we want to talk about today. Right. So it's the, into the meat and potatoes of it, as I like to say. And, you know, today we're going to talk about happiness and fulfillment. And I think that change obviously plays a very large role in happiness and fulfillment, both in how we perceive it, mm-hmm. but then also in how we achieve it. Okay. All right. And so, you know, I, I think my first question for you would be, would be how, do you, how do you define happiness? Oh, that's a good one. Um, for me, happiness is more like a feeling, I would say. Um, it's more like that, I don't know, it's like, it's almost like it describes itself, like the state of being happy in a sense, you know, state of being, you know, of joy, of, you know, light. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good one. I don't know. For me, that's a tough subject, to be honest, because I've always derived my happiness from others. So, like, making other people happy kind of, like, made me happy. Um, so now it's like I'm kind of working on making myself happy, if that makes any sense. So kind of, like, finding, like, what I like to do, what kind of puts that smile on my face or give me, like, those tingles in the sense to where it's like, I, I kind of like this. So for me, happiness is still, like, something I kind of I'm working through, trying to, like, rediscover in a sense of, that makes any sense but um so your happiness was mm-hmm. always defined in was it how other people felt about you how they spoke about you just the presence of other people what did you previously find happiness in so like for example um so i live like right across from a senior living home facility and so like i befriended one of the um the people running the, the residents that lived there and so, like, every time she would need me, like, I would take her to the store. And, like, she had, like, this big smile on her face every time she see me. So, like, making her happy kind of, like, made me happy. So seeing that smile on her face, you know, we'll go get, like, ice cream, like, randomly sometimes. Or she started having me up to, like, her apartment for, like, you know, desserts and, like, cakes and stuff like that. And she just needed, like, you know, someone there to talk to. So it was, like, just being there to, like, you know, comfort, not comfort her, but provide her with some type of, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say now, but just being like in her presence kind of like made her happy. Like me just being there when she needed me kind of like made her happy. So that's kind of like where I derived my happiness from for a long time. So it's not necessarily like how someone perceives me, but just how I can make someone feel in a sense. So your happiness was derived from the happiness of those around you, in a sense? And yeah, yeah, like doing things for people kind of like make me happy. That's why I get like such a fulfillment, uh, such a joy out of like volunteering and being like other community down because like, you know, making other people's ha- make other people happy kind of like makes me happy. But I'm trying to get away from that and kind of like find my own happiness now uh, when it comes to life and, you know, the things that come up in life. So where are you trying to, where are you working to find happiness now? Is it events? Is it activities? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of both. It's uh, more so like within. So it was like learning how to like make myself happy. So it was like doing things that I enjoy doing, whether it be like going to the gym or, you know, going to a nice restaurant or like doing like my self-care routine, whether it be like going on bike rides or listening to podcasts, like those type of things kind of like make me happy. Um, Instead of like looking for other people, because it's like, I can't always make other people happy, you know, in a sense. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. I got to kind of like find that within myself. Um, So that's like the one thing I'm working on now. Um, But yeah, still wanting to like make people happy, but not relying on that for like my own happiness. Which I think almost relates back to a handful of episodes ago when we talked about men's mental health and mental health period. Right. Uh, 
It is a big, big thing. And it's something that a lot of people speak about in relationships mm-hmm. is being able to find happiness and comfort in yourself. Right. You have to learn to be happy alone before you can really learn to be happy with someone else. Yeah. And so I don't, I mean, I, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a relational yeah. expert by any means yeah, for the love of God, but well, you become mine. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was your therapist for a long time. <laughs> Thank God you found one. <laughs> um, but I will say, you know, maybe that there's a piece of that that has lended to past relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, you've touched on, and I think you even mentioned that part of your past relationships and them were not working out was a piece of like immaturity that you were still working through. Yeah. But maybe there may have been a piece of it that was just like, Hey, I'm not a hundred percent happy alone. Mm. Is that yeah, for sure. Yeah, being alone is a tough, a toughie because it's like we're built to form connections with people. So no one wants to truly be alone. And if they say they do, they have some, you know, things you have to work through. But you know, finding comfort and being in someone's presence, you know, being grounded, especially like in relationships before, is like especially when you're really into that person, it's like that person almost, you know makes you grounded in a sense to where it's like you kind of rely on that but like finding your own way to like remain grounded is what you kind of need to like stand alone you know because you know they always say is like you were born you know by yourself unless you have like a twin (laughs) and most likely you'll die by yourself so it's like um just learn how to be by yourself learning like what you like to do like what makes you happy what even learning how to how to like love yourself too, in a sense, because it's like, it's like a lot of people like look for their partner their partner to kind of love them the way they want to be loved, which is true. But you like, I think I posted something not too long ago, so it was like, um, you can't truly love someone else until you love yourself. So I was like, working on that too right now is a major point for me. But um, and that all comes you know full circle when it comes to happiness because. If you're able to like be happy, um, you're able to find your own peace and you're able to, you know, find your own love too, like the self-love they always talk about. So um, yeah, it's a work in progress, but you know, you gotta do it for self-improvement. How about yourself? What is your take on this on happiness? Well, so there's there's a thing I want to touch on before I get onto that. You mentioned, you know, finding happiness and comfort Mm -hmm. and being alone. You can back up. Camera a little bit there, my guy. <laughs> huh? Back up from the camera, homie. I'm trying to make sure you can actually hear me. <laughs> I can hear you. You're good. You can back up a little bit if you want. <laughs> Anyways, so you had touched on finding comfort and almost like a serenity in a sense of being alone. Right. And I think that that's important. Mm. But we innately are pack creatures. Right. You know, you go back to the hunter-gatherer days you know we didn't work alone we worked in a group of people there's a reason that we live in cities there's a reason that we have tribes of families right just the way that the the human creature was created and i do firmly believe as a christian that we weren't meant to go through this alone Mm -hmm. there's a reason i believe in things like men's groups or women's groups small groups, things like that i believe in a family uh unit we weren't meant to do things alone. We were meant to go through life with people. Right. Now, some people sure that's not a partner. So at some point you have to learn to be comfortable alone. You lose people, people pass away or people walk away, whatever the situation is. True. It's important in my opinion, to find comfort in the situation that you're in. So, you know, finding comfort in the relationship that I'm in is absolutely important, right. but I have to be solidified enough in myself, like what you were talking about, Mm-hmm. that knock on wood, my girlfriend gets hit by a car or walks away, whatever the situation is. Right. I don't know why I started with... Well, worst case scenario, every time. Well, she's more likely to get hit by a car than break up with me. Let's be real. <laughs> um, um. So, I'm sorry. Um, but one of those things happens. Mm-hmm. If I find all of my happiness and my self-worth in her as a person, right, right. I am lost. Exactly, exactly. And I think... This goes back, it doesn't go back, but this is a a topic that I've touched on and talked about, maybe not on the podcast, but 
something that you and I have certainly talked about mm-hmm. uh, in finding your identity in something other than who you are. Right. Like sports. So you look at high level athletes have all of their identities in sports. Mm-hmm. I was by no means a high level athlete, but for my whole life, I was Justin Colzo, the football player. Right. At, at 20 years old, I walked away from football for the first time in my life. I was no longer a football player. All of my identity was gone, wiped off. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know who I was, what I was. I was really struggling with that decision for a while. You know, it's not something I was very open about at all at the time, but right. I didn't have the identity of who I was outside of that, that realm or that niche. Because mm-hmm. I never had to find it. Right. I never needed it. And so I think that people get into this groove of, no, I've been in this relationship like four or five years. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, newsflash, dude, relationships don't work out all the time. Right. You know, who are you outside the relationship? And I think that I've, I've mentioned this, I think even on the podcast, it's a situation where I've considered therapy is I'm a good boyfriend, I think. I'm a good employee and I've been a good business owner and I'm an okay son and I'm a good brother. <laughs> What am I outside of those titles? Because when I'm no longer a son, cool, that title's gone. I can't use that in my identity anymore. Okay. When my parents pass, I'm no, well, I'm still their son, but it's no longer a piece of my identity. Right. So I think that that's where I've considered therapy to find that piece of my identity of who am I when you strip all of the titles away. Okay. So when you get to the core being of yourself, who are you? Where where can I find joy and fulfillment mm-hmm. in that part of my life that I don't find elsewhere? I find a lot of a lot of happiness in my relationship. I find right. a lot of happiness when I'm chasing my dog around in the backyard because she has a stick. All right. There's a lot of happiness there. But mm-hmm. where do I find joy and fulfillment in me at the core that I can't find in external circumstances? Yeah, that's a good one. I think we all struggle with that question. So it's like, especially in the world we live in today, there's so many distractions to where it's like you can, you know, use alcohol or drugs or sex or X, Y, and Z to kind of like try to fill those voids. But should you kind of like strip down, like you're saying, all the titles, all the layers and get to like the true core of who you are as a person, you'll never really find that fulfillment, I think, or that joy or that true happiness. Because it all comes from within, you know, like that self-love is a is a true thing because it's like it starts with yourself. But you can't really make you can make people happy. You can love people. But until you love yourself, I feel like it's it won't really stick in a sense, you know. And I think a piece of that goes back to uh, we've talked about it a zillion times. It goes back to mission. Yep. Um, my dog's being noisy again. I'm sorry. Um, and so, you know, obviously, like we talked about, you have to find what you believe in to your core mm-hmm. and who you want to be. I want to be remembered as someone who tried his hardest. Okay. But then, as I've mentioned before, someone who gave a hand up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a person who gave, I'm not, I almost said I'm not a charitable person. I don't think that's fair to say, but All right. I want to be someone who's known to help people. Okay. It's not that I. It's not that I care about the title. Mm-hmm. I don't care that people look back and say Justin's a good dude because he was charitable. Right. No, I. I know because that that's the right thing to do, and I think that that's why people were put on the earth. That's why we were given a potential. You know, we were given hands up as kids. Mm-hmm. We were put in a situation we were in, and we're you and I both are in a position of power compared to a lot of different people. It is, I firmly believe as a Christian, it's my responsibility to use that position to help other people reach positions similar to what I'm in. Right. And I think that that's a piece of my identity. And that's one thing that's always helped me lift up out of a better place. I don't know if I want to say happiness or joy or fulfillment, but I think it's put me in a much different place. It's similar to what you said last week about the the situation in Ghana that you encountered. Mm Situations like that, they just change your mindset right. and your viewpoint. 
And I don't know that that gives you happiness. I wouldn't say that, you know, walking around in a mud hut in Indonesia is going to give me happiness. <laughs> but it certainly changes what you see. Yeah, your perspective on life. Yeah, exactly. It puts yeah. you in an entirely different perspective. Right. And I think, you know, there's, there's one thing that I really want to touch on. It's really the only notes that I have. I took it right before we started. Huh. You know, there is a difference between happiness and joy or fulfillment. I think fulfillment and joy kind of go hand in hand. Okay. And this is something that I've believed my whole entire life and something that's really been pounded into me. Uh, that's a weird sentence, but something <laughs> that's really been preached heavily in church. Okay. There you go. It was, it was really weird if I continue because that's something that's pounded <laughs> into me in church. <laughs> we don't want to oh, go there. So. <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm, I'm pounding Tic Tac right now. So we're uh Tic Tac. If you're watching this, sponsor me. Uh, <laughs> um, but like I was saying, oh, joy yeah. and joy or fulfillment, I think that those are relatively synonymous, mm -hmm. is different or are different than happiness. And I say that because I firmly believe that happiness is a feeling. Happiness is right. In, like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Oh, I'm right. happy. I'm doing well. Yeah. Happiness is an easy answer. It's, it's how you're feeling in that moment. Mm -hmm. Joy or fulfillment is a state of being. Oh, okay. You have so you're, you're happy for 30 minutes. You're happy for an hour. Right. You know, my girlfriend gave me a great birthday present. I went out to Outback Steakhouse and I had a 9 out of 10 steak. It was great. I'm very happy right now. I'm very content. All right. But then you drive home and you crash your car. Well, that's a little bit of an extreme. You get a speeding ticket. Okay, there you go. Your happiness is ruined. Your night's ruined. Right. In a bad day. Okay. Okay. Now, conversely, my desk is all scratched up. I don't know where that came from. I'm all distracted right now. Uh, conversely, you know, joy or fulfillment comes from, well, I just got my first dog. I just had my first kid. My wife mm -hmm. and I just got married. All right. Joy or fulfillment is a state of being that lasts, it could be any length of time, months, mm -hmm. weeks, months. You know, anyone that says they're joyous for a year could be in a, on something. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, I think that, that joy and fulfillment come from a greater sense of something. It comes from service or mission. Mm -hmm. It comes from fulfilling something that you have set out to fulfill right whereas that happiness comes from an event okay so you're saying there's no true way to well to stay happy 24 7 it's kind of like a a fleeting feeling or emotion when it comes to happiness to an extent okay i think if you're always chasing happiness Right. Chasing the wrong thing. Okay. So do you, you think? All right, go. Yeah, finish what you were saying. You and I talk a lot about mission. Right. Mission as a as a as an individual as a human being is very very important because that's what, in my opinion, helps you achieve joy or fulfillment. You're fulfilled based off of your mission. Right. And you believe you were put on this earth. Right. So your mission is helping single mothers and helping people that need help. Mm -hmm. You get fulfillment from that feeling of helping them. Right. You get happiness if a girl's flirting with you at a bar, you're happy. True. Okay. But when you leave the bar at the end of the night, are you still happy that you're flirting with a girl? Right. Right. Whereas That's you okay. took that woman, you took that one from the nursing home three days in a row, you went grocery shopping, then you saw a movie, then you guys went and got ice cream three days back, back, back. You're right. pretty damn fulfilled that whole week. Okay. Okay. So maybe that's what it is then. Okay, I see. So you're making a difference between happiness and fulfillment. Okay, I think I needed that because I was kind of like not confused, but there's really like a blurry line when it comes to the two. But you're saying fulfillment is more so like your purpose, like why are you put here on earth? Like what's your mission? You know, when it comes to happiness, it's more like you know, not really lasting. It's kind of like short term in a sense. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Happiness event. Mm -hmm. And that joy or fulfillment is a state of being. Okay. And I think that's what I'm working on too, is like that fulfillment part, because 
like I said before, it was like I took some time to really like do some self work, I guess you can say, and to figure out like why I was put on earth, you know, like what's my purpose, like what's my like not passion, but what's my why in a sense. And that's where the whole idea for like the nonprofit came from was, you know, through working with Bubba, through like my past, my growing up with like a single mother, you know, it was like, man, this is kind of like coming for full circle because it's like, with Bubba, we have a lot of like kids from not broken homes, but you know, single parent homes. Um, to me, working in finance, I kind of like know like how like the ins and outs of funding works. And now, like trying to start my nonprofit, I'm like man, this is coming full circle. So it's like, this is why I'm here. Like this is what I meant to to be doing. And um, I guess some some good news when it comes to the nonprofit. Um, I did hear back this week that it is fully registered in the state of Florida, so it is up and running. Um, the name officially is Shirley's Temple. Uh, shout out to my cousin JB because he came, he came up with the name. Uh, but it's paying homage to my grandmother. Her name was Shirley. And if anyone knew, like, my grandmother, she was a big, like, family person. Like, whether it be Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, um, when she had her house, like, everyone had to come together and kind of, like, celebrate those holidays. So she was all about – and even, even if you weren't a part of the family, she would still, like, invite you in. You know, come g- grab a plate, come grab some food. So. Um, the name's kind of paying homage to her, but um, through starting that nonprofit, it's like, man, this is like giving me that fulfillment that you're talking about. Like, I can't wait to get like that first, you know, single parent into the program and kind of see them go through the program step by step by step. And then hopefully eventually, you know, be involved in the nonprofit. But um, like I said, until I really like sat down and figured out like why I was put on this earth, you know, I was kind of like not lost, but kind of confused because for me it's like I was always career oriented so it was like I had to get to this you know you know pay a wage or this salary at a certain point and when you hit those like those targets in a sense and you're like man I don't feel as you know fulfilled as I thought it would be you know making a certain amount of money or getting a job title I was like man this is still like I thought I'd be content you know when I reached those certain levels but you know, I was not really content at all until it was like I really figured out my purpose. So um, I know you're trying to get more, you know, into your mission and giving back and stuff like that. So is that something you look forward to or are you still, you know, looking forward to like, you know, making the money and all that? Of course, you want to make money, but. You know, oh, you- okay. I mean, yeah. I and I've mentioned to you that all of the work that you're doing, not only on your end, but all then also the stuff with Bubba. Right has put my mind into what can I do, yep. you know, not only on the non-for-profit side of things, but volunteering and, you know, down the line, employee programs, whatever, where can I pump my heart into things to help people around, like lift up the down, downtrodden, if you will. Right. You know, now I, I do want to ask you something and well, and to go with that candidly, I mean, money comes with that. All right. There, I mean, there are even benefits to having a non-for-profit and running charitable events. There are business benefits to that. And I'm sure that that's something we can go through down the line. But, you know, I don't think that that's a huge part of the conversation for a a happiness or fulfillment episode. Mm -hmm. So I I, want to ask, what was the feeling or what were the emotions when the news came back that the non-for-profit Shirley's Temple was up and running and officially a licensed non-for-profit in the state of Florida? Oh man, it was it was like overwhelming at first because even like to submit the paperwork, it like took like a couple of hours. So I was like, you know, started getting like that anxiety, but like, man, can I really pull this off? Like, do I know what I'm about to get myself into? So I had to like, you know, <laughs> I've completed all the paperwork. I was like about to hit submit and I just froze. And I was all right, let me go meditate. Let me go like walk real quick and come back. Came back, submitted it, and then like Every day, because it took like 10 days or so, I would, I would check my email. I'd be like, oh, is it approved? And then they came back needing like more paperwork or more, you know, um, documentation. So I was like, uh, it's about to fall through, about to fall through. I was like, all right, let, let's let me submit the whatever they need. So submitted it and then checked it today. Or no, yesterday. And finally sort of it was, you know, fully registered in the state of Florida. And once I seen that, it was like overwhelming to where I like I teared up a little bit. I was like man like i was just like that sense of like relief in a sense but at the same time knowing like how many lives i'm i'm about to affect like 
just put me in like a different mind state in a sense to where it's like I'm ready to just like go all in, like go full steam when it comes to you know Shirley's Temple. So um like the next step is getting funding. Um I'm working on a website now to hopefully get that up and running soon. Um but yeah when I found out it was finally registered I was like almost like my dream coming true in a sense. So it was like it just motivated me to want to put more effort, more, you know, time into getting it up and running and starting to help these single parents out. Now, have you looked into, and we're kind of taking it aside from the episode for a minute because you're just telling me about this for the first time. I know, yeah. <laughs> so I want to garner some information from you. I mean, have but, you started to put together a team, a group of people that you can work with and that can help you make these decisions and, you know, are you, or are you kind of lone wolfing this right now? No. So it was like, that was my mistake going into, you know, starting a nonprofit is I was trying to lone wolf it. And then you realize how much, you know, time and effort that goes into, you know, starting something like this. So it was like, I do have a small team now and I am looking to, you know, expand it. Um, because the one thing with like a nonprofit, you have to have, you know, your board of directors in a sense, but also like your, um, your team as well. So I have, um, through like talking to people, there's, um, someone I connected with up North that kind of had the same upbringing as myself. And so he was very interested in being part of like, you know, the, um, the nonprofit. So he's on board. Um, I have like other people that I kind of met through, you know, con like networking and getting involved with, you know, the different net or nonprofit groups out there that's involved now. Um, I put my sister down as somebody and she doesn't even know that yet, but um, I'm sure she'll be all about it. Um, but yeah, starting to form a team now to expand it because now is like where the, the true work comes in, you know, so I was like, I can't loan with it. That'll be a mistake to just be a disservice to, you know, the nonprofit and what I'm trying to do. So definitely, you know, a team, you know, and making that bigger so we can really make an impact on, you know, the city of Tampa and, you know, hopefully spread out, you know, to other States too. So that's the, the vision. And where do the emotions play into this? You mentioned it being very emotional, very, very uplifting feeling when the paperwork came back in. Yeah. Obviously they're very daunting steps ahead of you. Just about every yeah. step that is going to be bigger than the last one. Oh, definitely. Where are your emotions now? Uh, where do you anticipate your emotions going? Yeah. What does the emotional roller coaster ahead of you look like? Your your pupil eyes. Yeah, I was gonna say that it's gonna be a roller coaster for sure. I'm sure there'll be moments where I'm happy. You know, there'll be moments where I'm like, you know, scared. I'm sure there'll be times I get rejected, funding or grants or whatever the case may be. So it might be a little, you know, gut punch. But I know with me, like my mindset is always, you know succeeding in a sense so i know like at the end of the day when it's all said and done you know we're going to have a lasting impact on a lot of people so it's kind of seeing that as the vision and also at the same time is like my inspiration for the nonprofit um came from like my background and you know my mother being in a position to buy a house at one point but then it falling through because she didn't have enough you know financial um backing and I remember like when she told us, it was like something I'll replay in my mind for like the rest of my life. Probably it was like, we used to always pray in the morning before going to school and like we prayed. And then she like told my sister and I like, yeah, by the way, like the house we just looked at and we were about to close on kind of fell through. And it's like seeing that heartbreak in her eyes is something like I'll, I see, I'll always see, you know, for the rest of my life. So using that as motivation as well to kind of like get to like the end goal line in a sense. Um, even with the roller coaster of emotions that's going to play out, you know, throughout this whole process, just keeping like that motivation of like the inspiration as well as like the end goal is just going to, you know, keep me motivated throughout this whole process. Um, so my, my question from there becomes, where do you find fulfillment in that work? You know, you, you come from this background, you know what these people are going through. Right, exactly. It's been your mission for 30 some odd years that you want to be able to help these people. Right. Where does your fulfillment come in in this process? Oh, 
I think it comes, I think maybe when it's all said and done, it's more so like tied to like my legacy too, but I feel like when it's all, not when it's all said and done, but um, getting like that first family like into the program and having them go through like, you know, us providing subsidies all the way to, you know, us helping them buy their first home. I feel like once we get that first family through that whole um, step-by-step, you know, program, We'll definitely be like, oh man, okay, okay. This is like seeing their smiling faces or them crying, holding hands, and jumping up and down once they move into their first house. I feel like that moment would kind of be um, an idea moment. Yeah, yeah, and even like just starting it. Even though I know like I have a long ways to go, just starting it too was like, all right, like a sense of fulfillment from doing that because I know like I probably talk, told you about this idea like two years ago, but before that I had it for a long time, so. Even for me to getting over that fear of, you know, this whole thing just failing and bottoming out in a sense, to actually submit the paperwork is a sense of fulfillment in that. Um, so I feel like there'll be different stages of fulfillment in a sense, you know? I'm sure every step will be, I think there, I mean, this is me speaking from the outside, so maybe I'm off my ass, but I think there will be different stages of happiness, you know, like okay. we said the flows, the ups and downs of what you're going to experience. Right. Uh, my dog has the zoomies, dude. She's bouncing. <laughs> Anyways, you know the up, the ebbs and flows of what you'll experience. Mm-hmm. That first time that you get declined from a grant, or the first time that a donor says, "I'm not funding that event," right, is going to be a slap in the face, and you're not right. going to feel very, you're not going to feel very fulfilled. Right. But I think the first family that you get into a house, exactly yeah. like you said, that right. paperwork is signed, that key is turned, and they walk into their home for the first time. Yep. I think we'll, uh, I'd be darned if I don't see you crying, dude. Oh, man. Not yet. I'll be crying. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be bawling. I won't be crying. I'll be like bawling. So, and I think that's like I said, that's my motivation too. Cause even if I do get like that no or sorry, we can't, you know, provide you with funding, like, just having it in my back, my in the back of my mind, like this motivates me to kind of like, okay, I can, I can, you know, accept that rejection, but I'm gonna keep going, like I'm gonna keep, keep going until we actually get that first family through the program. So, um, I feel like, yeah, mo- moving away from like, you know, not my career in a sense, but moving more towards like the nonprofit spaces where I think I'll be later on in life as well, because um, you get more of like a fulfillment from you know actually having an impact in a sense than you know punching numbers sometimes it's it's your mission it's exactly what we talked about right fulfillment when you feel like you filled the mission or the purpose that you were here for yeah and so yeah at the same time i'm kind of nervous too because it's like like you said once you fulfill the mission are you content at that point or will there be something else you'll try to achieve you know like the mission grows Okay. So the mission starts with let's help this single this single family. Mm-hmm. You know, this could be a single mother, single father, whatever situation, whoever comes knocking on your door. All right. You are my mission. This this one woman and her kid, two kids, whatever it is. Okay. You are my mission. So then the mission goes from how do I help one woman? How do I help Jessica and her kids get into a home? Cool. I've got you into an apartment for the year. Mission, mission solved. I've, I've got 365 days on this mission. Correct. Oh, shit. Someone else just came knocking on my door. Okay. Mission grows. Next person. Yeah. Before you get number two in the door, number three's come knocking. And then <laughs> number four. And then number five. And then before you know it, right. Justin Lisa's up and mission's back to square one. Oh, man. So, so your mission's been... evolving and growing. Right. Constantly right. moving. Yeah. And it's no different than business. You know, mm-hmm. no different than, wow, I've been doing this by myself. It's time to hire my first employee. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's great. You've got your first employee. That mission solved. Well, now you need two. Now you need three. Now you need four. Now you need a manager to hire two, three, and four. Right. But one's going to be the manager, so you got to replace one. So you're you're constantly evolving mm-hmm. in the non-for-profit space, in the for-profits. You're constantly evolving in life. Right. My right. girlfriend was my best friend for two years before we started dating. Oh, <laughs> So, like, great. I've got a friend. But I was talking to a girl at the time. That ended. Talking to a new girl. That ended. Oh, wait a minute. She's kind of cool. I was <laughs> talking to Anna. Like, it, 
the world around you is constantly evolving and, and changing. Right. All right. Your happiness, your contentness, your fulfillment, or your joy mm-hmm. is constantly evolving and changing with it. Because the world around you is a circle. You're in a, you're in a revolving door of life. That's true. And people are constantly just throwing shit in the door when it opens up. Right. Sooner or later, you're going to get hit with shit. Yeah. <laughs> An obstacle, yep. An obstacle, yeah. It's inevitable. Yep. Do you just keep running it over or do you move? I mean, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You got to navigate around it, you know? You can't yeah. let... And that's a, I think that's what, you know, we kind of connect that too because at least, like, I'm not trying to talk for you, but it's like we won't let anything get in our ways of, you know, achieving our dream or our mission is like, yeah, things are going to come up. Like you said, shit's going to rise, but it's like we're going to find a way to navigate around that no matter what it might be. So I feel like some people tend to give up. You're like, oh, well, I didn't get funding. Okay, well, let's close this whole thing down. Or, oh, I lost my first employee. Or let's close up shop, you know. Um, but for us, I feel like we'll find a way. We'll, we'll use that as, like, motivation to kind of, like, you know, keep striving and keep pushing. You know, do you feel like like that? or is that- I, think, I think that that's spot on. Yeah, I think a piece of that sports again, and I think we've touched on that a little bit in the past. Yeah, it's that go 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 mentality. All right, there's downfalls to it. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Just, I mean, there are certainly days, you know, where we experience that burnout, where it's just like, holy shit, it's been no after no after hell no right. back, back to back. All right, and that yes feels so far away. Mm-hmm. I think. Not only sports, but also my background in sales has helped me kind of get around that. Okay. In the sense that it's like, I talk to, we'll say 50 people a day. Out of those 50 people, I expect maybe one to three to say yes. Really? Okay. That's just the numbers game. Yeah. But the more people you talk to, there's the more people you reach out to. The more people you'll talk to, and the more people you talk to, the more likely to get to get yeses you are. It's a numbers game. Yeah. Sales is a numbers game. Life is a numbers game. How many times are you willing to try? How mm-hmm. many times are you willing to get spit on with a no? Just to have someone not spit on you and hear you out and right. tell you no. Mm-hmm. For them to maybe, maybe, maybe tell you yes. Okay. It's all numbers. You got to be able, you got to be willing to get spit on and said no to a thousand times to have a hundred people not spit on you and hear you out just long enough to say no. Mm -hmm. To have 10 of those 100 not spit on you, hear you out, not say no, and then say, yeah, sure, let's move forward. So when you get that first, yeah, let's move forward, how how does that feel then? It is the greatest feeling in the world, man. It has to be. It has to be. Do you then reflect on like the hundred no's you got or you just kind of keep it pushing? It's when you start, you all you think about is the nose. Okay. In phone sales, it's the first person that's just, hey, this is Justin. Click. <laughs> you know, and you're like, wow, that person's a dick. <laughs> but as you go, you get you start to have fun with it. It's yeah. hey, this is Justin. Click. And it goes, Oh my God, I think we got disconnected. And you call them right back. Right. Start to have fun with it. Yeah. Recognize that the nose aren't personal. That's part of sales. You're right. You know, the best salespeople don't let the highs get too high and don't let the lows get too low. Mm, I like that. Salespeople don't find joy in sales. Let me tell you that right now. Okay. We, we, we don't. Joy in the results sometimes when you believe in what you're selling. Okay. You know, I believed in what I was selling with Crunch. I believed in the personal training because I knew that I was bettering lives. Mm. I believe wholeheartedly in what I'm selling with Fisher Investments. I know that you know, what we're doing genuinely helps people. It's a weird industry and Fisher genuinely helps people. And it's a a service that I believe in with my whole entire heart. I'm trying to get my parents on board with it. I mean, it's, I think when you believe something, you derive joy and fulfillment. Okay. I was going to ask you that. From the results of the sale, not from the sale. Okay. Because the sale is money. That's all it is. I don't, you don't get joy from money. Happiness. Absolutely. You know, People that say happiness doesn't buy you money. Whoa. People that say money doesn't buy you happiness. I'd rather cry in a private jet than I would on a street. I'm just going to throw it out. Yeah. At the same time, it's like you hear so many like wealthy people that have like committed suicide or like did all these crazy things because it's like 
I feel like money doesn't buy you. Maybe short short term happiness it does, but to say at some point it's like you just like, all right, if you're still depressed or sad or you know have you know chemical imbalance or whatever the case may be, then it's like the happiness can only do so much. You know, you're gonna be buying so many Ferraris or so many jets, you know, and still not have happiness. So I feel like money net or moneyness <laughs> money can um can buy you short-term happiness but it doesn't sustain like a long-term you know happiness oh and i just agree with you i mean i think this goes back to that happiness versus joy and fulfillment mm-hmm. money buys happiness mission buys fulfillment and joy and there's a comment actually from steve bartlett diary of a ceo he okay. still doesn't listen to the podcast but it's okay he will someday uh but he talks about Bill Gates and Elon Musk, two of the richest men in the world. They could buy everything in the world and still have money left over and be totally fine for the rest of their lives. Right. Where they're at in life. But they're still chasing a mission of making a better world. Now, I don't necessarily agree with either one of how they're doing things all of the time, but I don't agree with anybody on anything all the time. Right. Life. You should have with it. Right. They're. Elon Musk is creating SpaceX and doing Tesla and all this stuff to try and make a better planet or even potentially get us on another planet. Bill Gates did a lot with the vaccine to try and help fight COVID and all of these sorts of things because the money doesn't fulfill them. Right. The mission does. Now they use the money to fund the mission. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a piece of it. You know, money plays a piece into that fulfillment to an extent. Right. But it's not having a billion dollars in their checking account that's going to make them fulfilled. Right. What do you do with the billion dollars? Oh, and yeah. they cars that now have zero carbon emission. Wow. How do you feel about that? Well, pretty great. The world's in a much better place than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have used $500,000 or whatever, well, a lot more than $500,000 to help fund a vaccine that was you know, pushed out on the market really, really quickly to help people. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Pretty damn great. It saved a whole bunch of lives. The money goes into funding the process to reach fulfillment. Okay. Okay. I like that spin on it. Yeah. Cause almost you almost need money to fund your purpose or your, your mission to an extent. Yeah. You know, people can find fulfillment and volunteering at a food shelter. Yeah. Simple stuff like that. Not everyone's this huge. I right. really grandiose thing to be fulfilled. <laughs> I certainly by no means want to send people to Mars. That's not going to make me feel feel fulfilled at all. All right. You know, I but think, yeah, giving back to like Bill Gates, I know does a lot with like charities and, you know, giving back. So foundation I feel like, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Foundation, so I feel like that kind of helps too, as far as like fulfillment. Um, Was there anything else in particular you really wanted to, to touch on? I think so as far as like, purpose have you found your purpose yet or your why you think are you still yes and no okay um i think that what you do has certainly helped me yeah kind of look into that a little bit more i mean i told you depression weighs very heavy on my heart Mm. Uh, my uncle struggled with it my lifelong one of my best friends his older brother i told you miles i wear the necklace for yeah he very evidently struggled with it well in hindsight, struggled with it. No one knew at the time. But I digress from that. Right. So that was very heavy on my heart. So I think that trying to help in that scene is a very big thing for me. Okay. What I found very fulfilling was the short period of time where I actually helped coach high school football. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I found that so fulfilling to watch kids relive my dream. Okay. My dream my whole entire life was to sign a scholarship to go play college football. And it was always, always, always my dream to have my grandpa, my, my dad's dad, my paternal mm-hmm. grandfather, at my signing of my scholarship. And it was a fiasco to get him there. His health was awful. And it was in a back-ass room in my high school. They had to get elevators and wheels. It was a pain in the ass to get him there, but he was there. All right. And... Your I made it moment, I firmly believe, will, will come when you get that first family in a house. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But my I made it moment was when I signed my scholarship and saw the smile on my grandpa's face. Mm, okay. That was my I made it moment. 
and I experienced that fulfillment that we talked about. And I'm actually getting like a little teary at talking about that. So, so good. My, my I made it. Well, that's we just talked about that. My fulfillment came working with these kids to experience that I made it moment. Mm, okay. I loved every second of it. Now, what sucked is it. I coached really far away. This was back when I was driving an 03 Grand Cherokee. Oh, oh, 04. <laughs> I was getting 10 miles to the gallon. I was filling up that car three times a week. I was in school. I lost a whole bunch of clients at Crunch because my training window was really narrowed now. Mm. I was hurting financially. So I had to stop before the season even started because I couldn't afford to do it. All right. So that one really, really sucked for me. And mm. what I struggle with a little bit now, and I had a handful of job offers out of school. Uh, believe it or not, I interview pretty well. People tend to like me for some reason. And it was really between the job that I took and another job where I was medical sales. And that job was fully remote. And I was like, I was like, man, it really came down to who offered me first. And Fisher offered me first. And it worked out. I love my job. Right. But I knew that if I took the remote medical sales job, I was going to coach high school football. Oh, because you had more time. Because I'd have more time. Because I could get all of my stuff done before 2 p.m., 3 p.m. most likely. Right. And then go coach. Or right. throw myself in a Zoom meeting for two hours. Right. On the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that's something that I struggle with. And it's one thing that I certainly want to pick back up. Yeah, you still have time. Oh, and I'm 22 years old. Yeah. You know, as I get more into life and I start getting promotions at work and get into different positions or, you know, go full time into owning business, whatever the situation may be down the road, mm. I certainly want to get back into coaching because it is a, a mission for mine. It's something that always made me feel very fulfilled, always has for years. Yeah. And so I think that that's, at least for the time being, that's where my mission lies. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good mission to have, man. You'll definitely make an impact on those kids' lives. Um, just seeing you, you know, just being there, you know, sometimes they just need you to be there. So, yeah. What was, what was funny is at the high school I was at, I was at Anclote High School for a short period of time. For those of you that are from Florida that know it's out in Tarpon Springs, that area, or Holiday, I think actually technically. Um, most of the coaches were a little older, you know, 30s, give or take. Some, most, some were older. And small team, like didn't have a lot of guys. We really couldn't go 11 on 11 most of the time for practices. Mm -hmm. And so I would wear sneakers and shorts and I'd be out there playing safety. And these kids are in full pads oh, man. and I'm just flying. I'm not going to hit anybody, obviously, because I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. But I'm flying around like tagging kids and knocking down passes. And mm -hmm. you could tell the kids loved it and the coaches were laughing and, and I, and I, I loved it. Like it had not, at some yeah. point it had nothing to do with kids. I was like, screw this. I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hear you. I hear you. That's how I am with, with, uh, with Bubba too. Cause like, I think I mentioned it before we have like our boys night out, which is like the last Friday of each month during the school year is like, I could have had like the craziest week work wise, whatever that's going on. I could be running on negative 10% as far as energy levels. But as soon as I walk in that gym and like the first kid was like, Hey, you want to go one-on-one? -on -one? I'm like, all right, bet. Like I'm like ready to yeah, to go one on one. It was like just being there in that environment and just you know being with those kids and having fun. And we'll have like Nerf guns sometimes, and we'll play football, soccer, whatever the case may be. Is like just seeing them laugh and being happy in that moment, you know, because some some of them come from like you know tough home environment. So um, just seeing them like happy in that moment definitely makes my day and makes all of it worth it, you know. Oh. You know, so yeah, I can't wait to see you as a coach one day. <laughs> uh, is there, and, and I mean, even coming to Bubba is something that, you know, like we talked about, something that we touched on is something that I certainly want to do because I want to be involved in those kids' lives and touch on them. But yeah, yeah, because even, even with that, we had a, um, it's probably news to you too, but um, we had a mentors group or meeting Monday. And Jalen was like, hey, man, I think you should become, like, one of the lead mentors. So, like, now I'm, like, a lead mentor with Bubba. So, like, that, even hearing that, I was like, man, that's the sense of, like, I'd rather have that title than, you know, senior manager or anything else. So, just hearing that, <laughs> um, 
definitely made my day. But yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on today? I think that was it, man. It was a nice little break away from, you know, talking about business and finance all the time, but to kind of dive a little bit deeper, talk about happiness and fulfillment. And yeah, I learned a lot just from this episode and kind of like separating the two because I always kind of like thought they were kind of like intertwined in a sense. But um, you had a good spin on, you know, happiness and, you know, fulfillment uh, and joy too. So I think it was a good, good episode. I've, I've always tried to take a little bit of a different look on it. And I, and I don't, maybe that's why I've never struggled with mental health that much. Yeah. I mean, oddly enough, you know, and I don't, don't even think my parents would know this, but that's, I touched on the, the football and the sports situation. That mm -hmm. is hands down the closest I've ever come to a mental health situation, uh, feeling, I don't, like a depressive episode. The closest I've ever come was when I made the conscious decision to walk away from that identity of football. That's tough. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, it's, and it's why I touch on it. And it's why I talk about it. I'm very open about that. Right. Because it's important to be like, Hey, all of my identity was in a sport. It was in one thing. And I really struggled when that was gone. So I don't want to see other people have that same experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I talk about mental health too. Cause it's like, you don't know how many people are kind of going through the same thing until you become that person that actually steps forward and be like, Hey, I struggle with X, Y, and Z. And they, you know, could then be like, yeah, I struggle with the same thing. So, and even like you said, with athletes, I think that's like one of the most, you know, life-changing moments. And when you have to step away from your sport, whether it be for, from an injury or just, you know, father time, you know, kind of quote upon you. So it's like, you put a lot of time, a lot of effort into, you know, becoming a football player, basketball player, whatever the case may be. So, when that's kind of like taken away from you for some people, you become depressed and you come and you lose your identity. So it's like now I see you're kind of like finding your identity with like other things in life, which is, you know, amazing to see on the outside. So, you know, I know it was a tough situation, a tough transition, but um, you're definitely getting through it. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. All right, guys, it is time for 3000 questions about me. I'm going to keep holding this up on the camera. Maybe someday someone will notice. <laughs> Dan, I feel like I'm constantly the one picking the numbers, so just go ahead and throw yeah. it for me. I was actually going to say that tonight. I was like, can I pick a number for one? <laughs> <laughs> You've been thinking about it. Yeah, right, for a long time. Um, let's go with number 11. What? I feel like we're always doing like a 1,000-something or 3,000-something. <laughs> what is the quality you most like in a woman the quality i actually like a woman's laugh because i'm a funny guy so i tend to make people laugh so it's Did like you have one of those like quirky you're like weird laughs i'm like all right this is not gonna work because i can't listen to that 24 7 but if you had one of those heard you, i heard you say laughs like a <laughs> muscle and i was like what <laughs> laugh laugh her laugh got to enunciate more um but yeah definitely a woman's laugh like it could be physical too but i want to go away from the physical and just focus on you know a, a quality well i want to take it the other way not physical so talk about personality what in a in a in a person as a woman do you look for do you gravitate towards i mean there's a lot to be honest like someone that's kind someone that's caring someone that's thoughtful Dude, those are three synonyms. Those are all oh, three of those same damn word. Someone that's inquisitive. Um, someone that's funny. I mean, there's 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 a lot. The list goes on and on. But if I had to choose one, yeah, pick one, like a make or break. If she's not X, hmm. I'll probably say like thoughtful. Someone that's thoughtful towards you, others. Yeah, how do you treat like how you use like you say this all the time? Like, how do you treat you know, like someone that can't really do anything for you, like the janitor or you know, the waitress or the bartender? Like, how do you treat them? You know, not I mean, and how do you treat me as well? But I look for how they treat other people in like different situations, you know. I like how you worded that. I haven't worded it like that. You know, how do you treat someone who can't do anything for you? I like that a lot, yeah, yeah. How about yourself? What's your uh, 
equality. Give me two seconds. I'm actually writing that down. So I want that in my oh, note. Yeah. <laughs> How do you treat someone that can't do anything for you? Yeah. Because I think that that's, that's something to kind of ponder even. That's something to like, what's the word? Not regurgitate, but something to like reverberate in your mind almost. Yeah. To like sit back and bounce on, you know? Next time you're sitting in a bar and there's someone just minding, my, minding their own business. Are you a dick to them if they get in your way? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's an interesting thought. That, that one's going to weigh heavy. I mean, that's going to stick with me. Yeah, and I tend to be, I'm very ob- observative in certain situations. So, like, I always peep how, like, people treat other people. And, like, you know, if you make fun of someone, I'm like, yo, why are you making fun of that person? They did nothing to you. So, it's like, not saying they're a bad person. They just have maybe bad qualities in a sense. But if I see someone that's, like, you know, they see someone struggling to get across the street and they help them out. I'm like, all right, that's a good, you know, good person, good quality. So, you know, sometimes I got to take a step back and like just watch how other people, especially people in your circle, treat other people, whether it be like, yeah. you know, your business or nonprofit or just friend groups, whatever the case may be. So definitely take a step back and watch the people around you. So back to the questions, I guess now it's on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think like, attribute wise would be either the eyes or the smile. So I think those are two things that usually catch your attention first. Okay. Uh, just generally speaking, I think that, and like, yeah, you could usually find good in most people's eyes. You know, some people have crazy eyes. I've yeah. seen, a few people, <laughs> you know, you, you've definitely seen a person or two that are like, wow, you're pretty attractive. Yeah. And then they just have eyes that are like gouging out of their head. And it's just right. like, holy, like, you look like you're going to bury me in my own backyard. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, uh, you know what I'm talking about. So, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> but then the other thing for me is smile. I think that it goes a long way how someone cares for themselves. Okay. Uh, and obviously, if I'm with someone, I want to see them smiling. Mm, I like that. And it respectfully, if, again, if you look, it also goes hand in hand with your eyes. If you smile and you look like you're going to bury me in my backyard, I don't want you anywhere near me. <laughs> like the serial killer smell? Yeah, exactly. Uh, now that being said, I think you look at personality trait. It, I think there's two things. I think one is inquisitive, like you mentioned, but not in the sense of like, you know, oh, I want to learn about you. No, I don't give a damn if you want to know about me. Like you could not know me from Adam. What's important for me, and this isn't only in women, this is in friends and people that I hang around closely with. It's why you and I clicked. Mm-hmm. Someone who's constantly trying to learn. Right. And has that drive to exactly. learn be better. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't I think that drive or that metaphorical hunger would be a better description than inquisitive, I guess. Okay. But then the other thing is someone who's uplifting. Okay. And this again goes for you know women that I date, you know, being my girlfriend and also being people that I hang around with, mm. i.e. yourself. People that will support you when you make a decision, people that want to see the decisions you make succeed, yeah. people who just genuinely and generally want you to do better for yourself and for the world. Okay. I note who in my circle reaches out about the podcasts. I note who reaches out when I talk about business, who wants to be involved in the businesses. One of my good friends, Damien, texts me probably once a week about being on this podcast. Oh yeah. Oh my God. He keeps bugging me about it. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get one. one day I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to give in, but yeah. and him and I are constantly talking business and yeah. he, him and I are constantly talking about working out and nutrition and all sorts of things. You and I are constantly talking about non-for-profits and business and relationships and faith. Yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend, I talked to my girlfriend's mom about business. <laughs> It's like these these are the people that you remember. These are the people that you keep closely. Yeah. I remember the people in the back of my head that are like, you know, the fuck are you starting a podcast for? <laughs> no, I, I remember that. All right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold a grudge about it. No. I, I, I don't dislike you as a human. I'm not gonna treat you any differently. All right. But I'll I'll remember that when down the road I start a business that you want a part of or you want help from. Yeah, yep. That's what I was going to say, too, because that's when it'll come right back around. But, hey, Justin, remember me? 
It's funny how, and Stephen Bartlett talks about that stuff like that a lot. Yeah. Just keep in the back of your mind who was there when you were starting out. Yeah. It's just to. like who was willing to lend you a helping hand when you had nothing. Exactly. Those, those are the people that I look for. Yeah. The, the person who has $5, you know, and that's, that's all I've got to their name is five bucks, but I've only got a dollar and I needed one more dollar to fill up my car with gas. The person who gives me one out of their $5, that's a person I want to help. Yeah. That's the person I want to be around. I don't want to be around the person that's got a hundred and only gives me a dollar. I want the person yeah. who's got five and gives me two. All right. All right. Yep. Cause you know, they'll always be there, you know, when you need them. So every day. Yeah. And those uh, are the people that have joy. Those mm -hmm. are the people that have joy. Yeah. I think, yeah. And even with that, it's just like finding joy, like the smallest things in life, kind of like going back to like the subject, but it's like, sometimes you forget to just like, all right, well, the sun's out, you know, it's a nice day. Like find joy in that, find happiness in that. Like you're alive, find happiness in that, find joy in that. You know, if a butterfly flies past your face, I'm like, wow. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to smack it away, but just try to find happiness and joy out of like the smallest things in life, you know, and, like the people around you definitely um, contributes to that as well. hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right, guys. It has been a great episode. It is 1030 on Thursday night. Two. We well, are. Right to sleep. <laughs> we're going to take off and go to bed. Yeah. We absolutely love doing this, guys. We love the feedback. We love the conversations that spark from it. Definitely. Definitely. This is like my therapy for the week, so always appreciate it. And just wait till he goes to actual therapy and tells his therapist she's fired. I, did. <laughs> I could save, save a lot of money each month. But, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Make As sure you always. subscribe. Leave a comment. Yep. Leave a like. Yep, yep. All, the, all that. All that. Um, all right, guys. Thanks again. Right. See you next week. Hopefully, we actually have a guest next week. Let's. Well, we're gonna work on the scheduling and everything. So, all right, all right. Looking forward to it. Thanks again. See you soon. All right. Peace. See you, buddy.